Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are back, baby. It is Brodo. It is Tim. Here with Michael and Jason, the only two twins that are giving you all of that fantasy goodness with all, with the little sugar on top, with a little cherry on top, with some with some 100% pure maple syrup. Not none of that log log cabin nonsense. That by the way, we had log cabin in our house growing up. That was a travesty. Our parents like uh, did a great job, but feeding us log cabin instead of regular maple syrup was is a travesty. I mean, cause regular maple syrup's like ten dollars a fucking spoon. That's true. That's literally true. like fifteen dollars. I think it was when we saw it in a. We went shopping the other day. It was regular syrup for maybe like two ninety nine, and then the Vermont maple syrup was like fourteen ninety nine. And that's Bro, like a good price place. It is. It's 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 like a black market, like crazy, like the avocado game. And the maple syrup game is one of the like the shadiest, some of the shadiest businesses that you'll ever. Uh, and the banana game, or yo, mad shady, all of them. Avocados from Mexico. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy. I eat avocados every day. I'm an avocado avid avocado, so it's in, it's really uh, man. That sucks so if that's the case. Why? Why? Every morning for breakfast, man, it's brain that's food. A lot of avocado. That, well, I have a half. I don't have that. Well, I don't How have do you an still entire. Like it? Because I put it on different things. Eating anything every day is too much. I don't know. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Prosciutto? Same thing every do you day. eat prosciutto every day? I do not. Tur- I've been into turkey bacon lately. Turkey bacon's good. I've been making that turkey bacon. Anyway, is that supposed to be uh, like a wrap or something? I don't understand what that was. Yeah, it rhymed. I've been making the turkey bacon. That was okay. All right. I, I take it. That's okay. It's like a 6 out of 10. Um, this episode is not going to be a 6 out of 10. I mean, technically, it's going to be something like that. So <laughs> so what we're doing in this episode is something that's going to be important because we're going to be talking about something that people don't usually think about. And that's first round busts. For the most part, when you're taking someone in the first round, you're not thinking they're going to bust. But on average, every year, whether it's because of injury or just because of lack of production, about four to five players, depending on the year, depending on where it swings, Four to five players, let's call it five, bust from a top 12 every year. And they fall out of that top 12. You saw it, you see it every single year. There are guys that just don't work out. Guys like CMC and Saquon Barkley, because of injury last year, would fit that category. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the top 12 players. Then we are going to each have five red cards we're going to pick out one of our five red cards when we want to tell one of these people you get out you are going to be one of the busts but we are also going to replace them with another player that we think has the ability to take their spot in this adp next season so we will tell you basically exactly why we think x player will bust or not are you guys ready for this Good. Are you guys ready? I'm I'm excited about this, man. I'm not gonna lie. We haven't had a we've been doing a lot of summer heat wave, which is wonderful to talk about, but like it's very regimented. You know what I mean? And it's very like regimented. I love, I, I love talking about this, man. This is this is my favorite way to discuss. Um with that being said, 
All right, you guys ready to start? I'm honestly readier than a hot biscuit sandwich on a midnight summer. Readier is not a word for sure. Not a word. That's readier, the weird readier. part of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it started. Christian McCaffrey, CMC, is the number one overall pick. Um, he is a guy who would enter this category last year. Got hurt. He is a, a tad undersized, like not all, but the tad undersized. So something to maybe be concerned about. Is are any is anyone pulling the red card on CMC? No, I am not pulling the red card on Lionel Messi. All right, so Michael, why why not? Why not pull this? Why is why is CMC the guy? That's exactly why, because he's the guy. He's the number one overall fantasy player. Period. Like over the la- over the course of the last two seasons, even last season when he only played in what three games, he averaged more points per game than he did the year prior. He's a lock for like twenty five plus points a game, which is just absolutely absurd when you think about it. And he's he just... could end the year with more rushing yards than Kamara and more receiving yards than than uh Amari Cooper than Kamara. <laughs> Keenan Allen. I mean, Amari Cooper has never eclipsed eleven hundred yards. I can see McCaffrey hitting 1,100 yards. I ain't pulling no cards, right. brother. Yeah, no cards for CMC, man. Come on now. I th- yeah, I think, I mean, are you guys concerned about his injury history at all? Eh, everyone in the top round at this point has some sort of injury history. That's true. He seems to the be fan. healthy now, so. Shout out to Jason Moore for this stat, but he, it really took me off guard when he said it, and if you think about it, it's true. 14 games is like a full season for an RB1. Like, because on average, so many of them miss games. I think out of the top 24, he said only two players played all 16 games last year. So it was really, it's really interesting how that works out. Um, Another guy who has a little bit of an injury history going at number two. Again, just so you know, this is a, uh, this is the ADP based on sleeper. And this is the ADP that you could find on the Fantasy Football by Broto app. So download the app if you want to take a look at the ADP that I'm looking at. The number two pick is also the RB2, Dalvin Cook. A little bit of injury history for Dalvin Cook as well. So the question is, are you pulling the red card for Dalvin Cook? Boom, boom. I am not. These guys, I just gave them mad. You know how they're twins? I gave them mad time to answer, and then they both took the exact amount of pause and said, I'm not at the exact same time. That is strange. That is so strong. That is so strange. I'm just saying. So I I could see Cook out of the top 12 next year, and that's only if he gets injured. Um, I actually got into, like, a little back and forth with a fantasy doctor today. He said something like, if you're scared of Saquon Barkley's injury but not, He's like, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, you're or doing it wrong or something. Get wrong, and I was like, "Well, that's just dumb." Because like Saquon Barkley is coming off of an ACL tear. Dalvin Cook had an injury once upon a time, and the thing is, like, data, those guys are not the same. That's what you're saying. These are not the same. Yeah, caliber. So because the thing right. is, like, data on this shoulder injury, according to this doctor, he put a citation. I didn't check it. Um, <laughs> gets re-injured 55 percent of the time. But then I made the point of, okay, well, he's played four seasons now. It hasn't happened yet. So what makes this upcoming season the season that it's going to happen? And also, let's assume Dalvin Cook plays 10 years. Then wouldn't 55% chance of re-injuring it 
honestly just mean that there's a 5.5% chance every year that it's going to happen? Yeah, that's what it would mean. So, like, I'm not... Eh, look, I mean, I don't know if that's a like that's not correct way to use probability because you know the more, nah, I mean, the but, more wear and tear, yada yada. I get it, but it's always. But what you're saying is it's always fifty fifty regardless. So he's just five percent above the any other guy. Yeah, I just don't think that Dalvin Cook having a shoulder injury in college, if that's the big injury that's scaring people away, then I'm okay with it. And sure, Dalvin Cook's probably going to miss two games. Draft Alexander Madison if you really want to. You can replace Dalvin Cook for two games. Uh, he's just so good, and he's been so good, that I don't see him leaving the top 12 because he's even part of the passing attack, and Kirk Cousins is one of the most efficient passers in the league. The true throw value prince, I'll call him. Ayo. TM. So I see Dalvin Cook remaining in the top 12. And I think one thing about this Vikings team that kind of scares me, kind of worries me, but I like it for Dalvin Cook is that this defense is going to be much improved than last year. It's going to be much improved. And this was still a team that loved to run even when they were down, even when they were trailing. They're going to run, and they're going to have more of an opportunity to run. He touched the ball 312 times. He rushed the ball 312 times last year. That might even go up. So... I think Dalvin Cook is an excellent pick at number two. I think he's the the easy number two pick. Um, so let's go into number three. Number three is Alvin Kamara. This is an interesting one because there's some there's some question marks around Alvin Kamara. Who's his quarterback? What about the weapons around him? His team seems to be in a little bit of disarray. Are you guys pulling the right card for it? I once again am not. Do I need to use all five? You, you do not need to use all five. Then odds are he will be a top 12 player again next season. So I I get the So I can see the argument that he's not. And that argument goes something like Alvin Kamara's never even rushed for over 1,000 yards. And now his quarterback is either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. So if he's relying on one of those guys, his numbers aren't going to be as good. Yada, yada, yada. Right? <laughs> like I get the argument. I just believe in the talent, and I believe in the role. Uh, Michael Thomas, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Thomas doesn't play for the Saints this year. Um, he's just been a diva. Like, I don't know what happened, but one day he flicked his fingers and he was a diva. He missed the game last year simply because the Saints didn't want him to play. Um, and now he has an injury that he waited on, or the Saints made him wait on. Who knows what it is? Because if the Saints made him wait, then I get why he's being a diva. But either way, it's not looking good right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Thomas just doesn't play a snap for the Saints this year. And that just leaves Alvin Kamara and Co. And you could talk about Marquez Calloway's great showing in preseason game one, but that's exactly what it was, preseason game one. And Marquez Calloway is not going to wake up and be Stephon Diggs tomorrow. So I see all the arguments, and as I'm saying it, I kind of I might pull out the red card. Because there's a chance that Alvin Kamara's not a top 12 pick next year. So, Jason, is this it? Are you pulling out the first red card? Yeah, fuck it. I'll pull out a red card. Oh, we got a red card. Now, listen. For all the reasons I just, I just said. I just want to say this. We're looking at a very – this is a negative show. <laughs> like, this is a show where we're telling you, like, why guys can bust. We're not saying that they are going to. Like, Alvin Kamara's my RB3, I think. For or RB4. Like, yeah. yeah, for all of us. So, like, we're not saying they're going to, but – like we said, there's a chance. So Jason pulling out his first red card. 
um, and just tells you the reasons why. I I hear what you're you're saying, Jason, because look, the taste Taysom Hill or James, I think Jameis Winston is more scary than a Taysom Hill uh, quarterback. Because when Taysom Hill took over, he was RB twenty five and RB thirty six. As someone who rostered Kamara, I was shook, absolutely shook. But then RB nine two weeks in a row with um with uh what's his name at uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback. So I think that there is some room for already some history. And like you said, man, he's the number one receiver on the team. And he's the number one running back on the team. And there's no more Drew Brees. This team is absolutely going to run all the way through Alvin Kamara. So I think even if he's mediocre, I don't think there's any way he drops out of the top 12. Um, so uh, interesting, interesting there. Jason using his first red card on Alvin yeah, Kamara. To, so Jason, replacement now, right? right? So man, let me host, man. What's, what's wrong with you? To be honest, I wasn't sure if you were going to ask me now or later. So I was genuinely asking. <laughs> oh, okay. So now what we're doing is you have to replace the player that you use the red card on. So Jason, who are you replacing? And 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 by the way, it, it this does not mean like a, a, a spot for spot replacement. Like I'm not re- asking you to replace the number three person, just someone else who's going to be top 12 in general. So Jason, who is that person? Ready for this? You guys might not like it. DeAndre Swift. Ooh, Ooh. Jason going crazy. Rookie season. Look, if you want to, uh, cheap plug, if you want to hear my spiel on DeAndre Swift, uh, you can check out the Detroit Lions Heat Wave and the rest of the 32 teams. But real quick, DeAndre Swift was top 10 in his rookie season in EPA per play and points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. And the big thing for me is that Lance uh, Anthony Lynn. <laughs> I called him Lance Lynn. Here we go. Stop calling Anthony Lynn Lance Lynn. Bro. Anthony Lynn is now the offensive coordinator over there with Dan. I'm going to bite your knees off, Campbell. So you know that guy's going to want to run it up the gut. And beat the other team down and kick some dirt on it, right? And so, bite you know, their kneecaps. So that's what Dan Campbell's going to do. And then Anthony Lynn is either going to run it up the gut and break their kneecaps, or he's going to pass. And over the last two seasons, Anthony Lynn has his offenses have finished second and first in running back targets per game. We know that Jared Goff is not the best quarterback. We know that he doesn't have a lot of good weapons on the outside. I said in the heat wave that there's a chance. It's a bold prediction, but there's a chance DeAndre Swift nears a thousand receiving yards this year. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bold. It's bold. Like I don't I, I think you have a I think it's a good shot. But there's a chance it happens if Anthony Lynn utilizes him like he has Eckler and Melgo in the past. Especially and that's just gonna be even amazingly more better if Jamal Williams isn't used like Melgo or Eckler in the past. So what I'm basically saying is look at what Eckler and Melgo did have done in the have done in the past. And then instead of having the Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift just make them one of those guys, I expect DeAndre Swift to see more work than either of those guys ever did individually. Why do you expect that? Because Jamal Williams is someone they like there and is someone that I think will get a lot of work. Because First, I don't think Jamal Williams is as talented as Melgo and Eckler. And second, I don't think he's as good a pass catcher as Melgo and Eckler. Uh, he's had a lot of success doing that in Green Bay, though. I mean, a lot of success is a stretch. Yeah. He's good. But he's like, a good player, but he's, he's not, not a Melgo or Eckler. This isn't a Melgo Eckler split. This is Swift and another guy. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sees more work than either of them ever did. 
Of course, it could always go the other way, and Jamal Williams is the main back, and Swift becomes more of a third-down guy or like a slot receiver type sometimes, like we saw Eckler do. But if everything goes right, DeAndre Swift will be a top-12 pick next year. I can see DeAndre Swift like getting like 55% of the work and then showing so much potential for a, a better-than-expected but still shitty Lions team. And because of that, getting into the top 12 next year and then disappointing again because he splits carries again when everyone just assumes he's going to get more more work. I think that's just Anthony Lynn's motto is like, I split carries. Look at, look at how many carries Joshua Kelly got in week one last year. Like, just what he does. Just what he does. Um, but, Jason, you have used your your card. Red card. played it. Next, pick number four. Um as I go back to the ADP by sleeper here on the app, I was using the app for a little uh, last minute research here. So uh, I got off of it. Let's go. Derek Henry. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, red card alert. using his red card on Derek Henry. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I was, I was back and forth all day about Derek Henry. Yeah. Every time I had a free second, I was thinking about, should I use my red card on him? Um, I'm throwing down the red. Michael, oh, tell Tim, me you have why. red card too? I or you're just playing no, the game no. in your mind. No, I decided at the very end not to throw the red card. Michael, tell me why you decided to throw the red card. Yeah, I'm going to use all five red cards I decided because it's more fun that way. Um, and we might as well discuss downside of players too because I'll be mostly talked about as upside. So let's have a negative day. Just like <laughs> the review pods during the season, Tim, how me and you always end it in a negative way. That's it. Why not have a negative pod? Um, well, for Derrick Henry, the obvious and clear answer, you don't have to think too deep about this, crazy workload, no receptions, right? He had 19 receptions last year, 45th in the league, 378 rush attempts, guys. Just let that marinate for a second. <laughs> Dalvin Cook was number two at 312. <laughs> 378 no rush attempts. Josh Jacobs was 276. That is over 100 carries more than third place. 2,027 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, 126.7 rushing yards per game, and he was still the fourth-ranked running back in PPR because he does not have a role in the passing game. If he even has a little bit of a decline, he could see himself outside of the first round next season. And who was it that wrote the article? Uh, Kyle McKee, I believe it was, one of our writers, if you want to go check it out, wrote an article about Derrick Henry and post-2,000-yard seasons for some very notable running backs who have reached 2,000 yards, and it is bleak the next year. Um, In terms, not bleak overall, bleak in terms of matching that criteria the following year. Typically, they don't even reach really 1,500 rushing yards. And if Derrick Henry loses out on 500 yards and rushes in 12 touchdowns instead of 17. That is a huge drop off in production, especially when he's not going to have the receiving. Um, He's not still a receiving a great, threat. Still a great so, season. Yeah. It's still crazy, a great season. Crazy how much he can drop off and still be great. Yeah. Say his yards per carry drops from five and a half to four and a half. And he just, he doesn't seem quite as dominant. Plus we get another year older Derrick Henry, right? With even yeah, more, so Derrick Henry's twenty-seven now. We see 
running backs start to fall off cliffs around 27, 28. Yeah, so even then, I think people are even going to be more cautious next season just from a volume perspective. So I think Derrick Henry might be the one to uh, fall out of the first round. We've this also season. this is an interesting conversation about De- Derrick Henry that I, that always that always I I saw it coming this year and it, it's very interesting. Jason, go ahead. What were you saying? I was gonna say you could also look at total carries. Like there's been like a decent amount of running backs have fallen off around fifteen hundred carries, including Le'Veon Bell. Um, so Derrick Henry's at thirteen fifty two in his career. So he's gonna hit that number halfway through the season. So there's a possibility as well that the human body just starts to break down. There's two things with Derrick Henry breaks the mold on this one, which is why it's so interesting to me. Number one, he didn't start his career as a as a workhorse back. He was the backup to DeMarco Murray for a long time. And then number two is that he is just a next level human being. He is uh not your average running back he is something very much more than that he's a he's a giant playing a, a position that he should not be able to play and he's playing it anyway so i think that that considering those two things like maybe the rules just don't apply to this dude yeah i mean that's Completely certainly possible. a possibility as well and then that's why and that's why he's being drafted where he's being drafted yeah so michael who's your um, replacement i'm taking your yeah, job so tim and my replacement for the great King Henry, the great DK Metcalf. Oh, interesting. Right, I'm, I'm, color me surprised. I'm on the board of Seahawks this year. I think Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett have the chance to be a best ball winning trio. Because the great Brian Schottenheimer, very sarcastic, the great Brian Schottenheimer is gone, and I've been calling, I've been shouting from the rooftops forever, just in agony, that Brian Schottenheimer has wasted away the prime years of one of the best quarterbacks we've seen, and he is finally gone. That playbook may be able to open up a little bit. Russell Wilson said that it's already more up-tempo and a more fast-paced offense, and DK Metcalf, Metcalf as a sophomore. Saw 129 targets, 13th in the league. Turned that into 83 receptions, 17th in the league. Clearly, there is some improvement that can be made there. Only 58th in catch percentage at 64.3. He still ended with 1,303 yards, 6th in the league. 10 touchdowns, 6th in the league. And a 4.42 true target value, which was 9th in the league. 6th in fantasy points per game. 6th in overall fantasy points. Sixth in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Fifteenth in red zone opportunities. Like, there is so much in that statement that I just said about Metcalf's 2020 season where he could improve, and he still put up 83 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns. If this becomes a more fast-paced, more up-tempo, more pass-heavy offense, DK Metcalf could end up being a first-round wide receiver next season. Because he has a chance to absolutely explode. Alrighty, ladies and gents, thank you for listening. The rest of this podcast will be on patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Uh, if you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast, if you'd like to join the Patreon community, if you'd like to play in Broto Leagues, if you'd like to uh, have access to exclusive features just for patrons, if you'd like to be in the coolest community in Patreon ever, 
please go to patreon.com slash protofantasy and join. For as little as $3 a month, you can join. For as little as 5 you can play in the community leagues if you're looking for good competition. Uh, the season is coming up soon, so head over there if you want a good league to play in. But thank you for listening, and if you'd like to uh, listen to the rest of this podcast, you know where to find us. And also check out the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Always got to plug that in. Thank you. Later.